We are in part two of our series on the book of Romans, chapter number eight. One of the great chapters in all of the Bible. Uh, again, like I mentioned last week, Paul wrote the book of Romans to Christians who were living in Rome during the first century. And the subtitle of my message this morning is Sanctify What? Sanctify What? And uh, sometimes in church, we use big words that sound important without actually explaining what those words are and how those words apply to our everyday lives. Like, what is propitiation, right? What is redemption? Uh, what is righteousness? What are these words that we use in church? Well, today I want to attempt to explain and talk to you about the sanctifying work of the Spirit in the life of a believer. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 11 through 13, and it will be up on the screen for you to read along. And it says this, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh. And the Amplified explains what that is. Our human nature, our worldliness, our sinful capacity. To live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. Verse 13. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. Wow. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit... You are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. That word habitually, it is not a cuss word. It means repetitively, over and over and over again. It's a habit. You are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. Fun fact. You guys into fun facts? Yes. Well, okay, one person is, but the, the rest of you, I'm going to give you a fun fact. <laughs> Through the first seven chapters of the book of Romans, the word spirit is only used one time. In the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, the word spirit is used 20 times. So this chapter is really a teaching and an explanation of the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of believers. Amen? So Paul tells us here that if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. But my question is, how do we go about doing that? Right? How do we go about doing the putting to death uh, the sinful deeds of the body? Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding in the body of Christ when it comes to the, this idea of holiness. Right? I think there are a lot of Christians that get saved by faith but then for the rest of their lives, they try and abstain from sin simply so they won't go to hell. Out of a fear of not going to hell, they abstain from certain activities because of a fear. Um, or, or they attempt to abstain, and when they fail, they live their Christian lives full of guilt, feeling like there's something wrong with them. They're trying and trying and trying, and they just can't live up to the standard. Or they abstain from sin out of pride and self-righteousness and look down on everyone that is not living like them. 
And then we have the whole other spectrum where we hear a verse like, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And they're like, well, it's a free for all because Christ has forgiven all of my sins and removed my guilt. Well, I can just mess up and sin and live however I want to do because God has removed that guilt. Both of these perspectives are dangerous and erroneous. All right. So how do we put to death the sinful deeds of the body? How do we put to death jealousy and sexual perversion and and greed and anger and our mean spirited behavior and our selfish thoughts and our insecure thoughts? How do we put to death these things in our lives? Well, in order to put to death the sinful deeds of our body, we must first understand the source of the sinful deeds that Paul is talking about here. It is my belief that all sinful deeds of the body have the same source, the same root, and at the core they start from the same thing. That's my belief. Do you want to know what that source is? The root of every sin in the life of a believer is a life whose own desires have become predominant over God's desires for their lives. That's the source or the root of every sinful deed in the life of a believer. Let's look at jealousy, for example. We are jealous of people because we think we deserve or are entitled to something someone else has, right? So our entitlement or our feeling of deserving then supersedes what God actually has for us. We're like, well, that person has this car, that person has this house, this person has this position at work, and I feel that I deserve that, and so jealousy starts to come up in our lives. How about sexual immorality? We talk or we walk in sexual immorality when we allow our desire for physical or emotional fulfillment to come before God's plan for sexuality in our lives, right? When our sexual identity supersedes our Christian identity, that's when we start to walk in sexual immorality. And what I mean by that is that we are children of God. We are followers of Jesus. We are Christians before we are anything else. Our identity is in our relationship to Father God before anything else. So I am a son of God before I am a husband. I am a son of God before any sort of identity that sexuality might try to put on me. Amen? Amen. When our own desire becomes preeminent and the predominant factor in any area of our life, any area, I mentioned two, but this can go, uh, this can go for any area of our lives, the result are sinful deeds that lead to death. Yeah. I'm struggling with a battle between my two natures. What do I do? What do I do? I'm pulled in this direction, and I'm pulled in this direction. I feel like I'm just, I'm just in the middle of a tug of war between my two natures. What do I do? Well, Paul tells us at the end of verse number 13, we put to death the sinful deeds of the body by living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We put to deeds, or we put to death the, 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 deeds, the sinful deeds of the body by living by the power of the Holy Spirit. At the moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are made righteous in the eyes of God because of the blood of Jesus, okay? 
The blood of Jesus makes us righteous before our heavenly Father. However, although we have right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus, we are not a finished product. We are not a finished product. Like I talked about last week, after salvation, the Spirit of God starts to sanctify us. Sanctification is a big theological word, but here's what it means. Sanctification is accomplished by the Holy Spirit. It's important to know. Sanctification in the life of a believer is accomplished by the Holy Spirit, enabling us to destroy sinful patterns and develop godly patterns in our lives. It is the lifelong process of spiritual growth that results in Christ-like transformation. Salvation, this is important, salvation is instant. Sanctification is a process. Salvation is instant. Sanctification is a process. So when you put your faith in Jesus, you are not a finished product. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. They think, I'm saved. Now my job is done. I can just go on living however I want to live. But the Holy Spirit is not done with you. That's just the beginning. The Holy Spirit then starts to starts a work in your heart and he carries it on unto completion. And that is when you are dead or Jesus comes back. <laughs> Amen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 23 and 24 says this. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, faithful, like we sang, like Japheth sang that song, faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation and he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. So how do we put to death the sinful deeds of the body? How do we put to death our lust, our selfishness, our greed, our hatred, our unforgiveness? Uh, and, and you can just put in what your special sin is. How do we put to death these things that we are struggling with? How do we put to death these things that trip us up? How do we put to death these things that make us fall by living by the power of the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. sanctification? So what does sanctification look like? What does living by the power of the Holy Spirit look like? Well, number one, it looks like a life that is yielded to the activity of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It looks like a life that is yielded to the activity of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's recognizing that those of us who are children of God have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us. Romans 8 and 11 tells us this. There is activity when we, when we get saved, when we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit starts an activity within us that did not originate within us. Do you get that? 
That, that's what it means when the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us. It, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's not just that we decide to do good things after we get saved. It's because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us the moment we put our faith in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit starts to do stuff. Right? And so a life, a life that is going through this process of sanctification is a life that is yielded to this activity that the Holy Spirit starts inside of us. That is amazing. That is supernatural. This is something that we can't, we can't just do on our own. This makes me excited. The Holy Spirit starts producing new thoughts in us, new feelings in us, new desires in us. Because the Holy Spirit gives us a new nature. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Notice, it's not our fruit. Did you ever notice that? It's the Spirit's fruit. So the fruit is produced by the Holy Spirit that is now indwelling in us when we put our faith in Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit's fruit. And the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in the life of the believer as he or she walks with Jesus. The activity of the Spirit causes us to see the world differently. We now view our jobs as an opportunity to bring glory to God through our creative gifts and talent that God has given us, <clears throat> excuse me, and placed inside of us. We start to view our relationships differently as the Holy Spirit starts to, to do this work inside of us. We are brokenhearted when we see our friends choosing to reject Jesus and His plan for their lives. We understand that the Spirit's work is to bear witness of the goodness of God to people that have not yet experienced His goodness in their life. The yielding to the activity of the Spirit in our lives always makes people look to Jesus and His love for them. People often say, well, if, if Jesus saves me personally, right, then, then does my behavior and what I do affect anybody else? Absolutely, the Spirit's work in our lives, the purpose is to bear witness of the goodness of God. Uh, the Acts 1.8, what it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then the next thing he says, the next thing Jesus says is that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit's work in our lives empowers us to be witnesses to those who have not been enlightened to the love of Jesus yet. Amen? So our behavior matters. What we do and don't do matters. Our yielding to the activity of the Spirit matters because, because the purpose is to be a witness to those that we are uh, rubbing shoulders with every single day. Here's how being yielded to the activity of the Holy Spirit works. Maybe you're with a group of friends or family and someone's name gets brought up in conversation. They're not there. And the conversation turns into gossip and slander and, and, and they start saying things that are hurtful to this person's reputation that's not there. And you know something that nobody else in the room knows about this specific person they're talking about. And you're waiting for the, for the person that's currently talking to stop 
so you can tell everybody all of this juicy news that you know about this person that nobody else in the room knows. And then as you're about to talk, you feel something inside saying, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> not a good idea. That, that's not really expressing the love of Jesus, is it? And so instead of sharing that juicy news that nobody else knows in that room, instead, you shut your mouth, and maybe you even go a step further, and you say, look, guys, this person so-and-so is not in the room to defend themselves, so why don't we talk about something else? That's how the work of the Spirit, that's one small little example how being yielded to the work of the Spirit in your life works. Because if you weren't yielded to the Spirit, you'd be the first one to say something. You wouldn't even wait for that person to stop. You'd just jump in, cut them off, and say what you had to say, right? But the work of the Spirit in your life and you yielding to that work keeps you from sharing that, that, that juicy gossip that's defamatory to that person's reputation. Amen? <laughs> you see, although we have to yield and surrender to the Spirit's activity in our lives, it's not without our active participation that this activity is accomplished, right? The Holy Spirit does not take over our bodies and make us do certain things, right? If we're about to do something wrong, the Holy Spirit doesn't just possess our body and, you know, like a puppet, like a string and say, no, you're not going there. No, it involves our active participation in what the Spirit of God is doing. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit doesn't force us to do certain things. A life that is being sanctified, number two, is a life that is in full cooperation with the activity of the Spirit in our lives. We have to be in full cooperation, church. Uh, not only does the Spirit initiate activity in the life of the believer, but He also gives us power to walk out that activity. He empowers us to walk out what He's calling us to do and to be. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 again, but um, in the NASB this time. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely, not partly, not halfway, not almost, but let, let the God of peace sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Now, how will he bring this sanctification to pass in our lives? By possessing us and bypassing our free will to accomplish this? Of course not. Of course not. He will bring it to pass by empowering us by the Spirit to accomplish what He's calling us to become. Let me say this because it's important for us to really grasp this. And I want to read Romans 8 and verse 13 again, but I want to read it in the ESV uh, version this time. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And um, can I have the work, Ticho, can I have you, somebody needs to go, okay, yeah. He's doing security right now, so I guess my wife is taking his place. Okay, so 
For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here's what I want to say. Believers do this all the time. You can attempt to put to death the deeds of the body by your own strength. You can attempt to put to death the deeds of the body by your own means, through your own strength, through your own attempt and striving, right? But here's the problem. Flesh can't put to death flesh. Only the spirit living inside of us can put to death the flesh. Only the enabling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God that's dwelling inside of us can put to death our flesh. Only the Spirit can do that. For example, there are people who, who, who never cheat on their spouse, but they treat them like garbage, and they say their justification is, well, at least I've stayed faithful to them. Now, the foundation of the sanctifying work of the Spirit is love. Now, does what I just described sound like love? Absolutely not. Or, or, or people can abstain from certain things, not because of the Spirit's activity, but in order to feel superior to those who are not abstaining from whatever. And they do it out of self-righteousness, and they do it out of pride. They do it because they feel superior to those that are not doing what they're doing. <clears throat> and, and what's happening is by them abstaining from sin, they are sinning. Because self-righteousness and pride are sins as well. Yeah. Right? Flesh trying to put to death flesh. When the Spirit's at work in our lives, the foundation is always love for God and Christ-like love for our brothers and sisters. So I want to end today by giving you an illustration. And if I could have my brother Christian come up here, and <clears throat> he's going to be serving as a table here, and, and he's going to be helping. Oh, I can get that because you need to hold this, bro. Okay, thank you. And this is glass, so don't let that fall. It'll be, be crazy. It'll be shattering all over. So here, here's the deal. I want, I want us to imagine that this jar represents our body, and these ping pong balls represents the sinful deeds, right? Lust, anger, impatience. What are some other sins? What do you struggle with? Jealousy, insecurity. Selfish thoughts, envy, gluttony. Uh-oh, now we're really preaching. Gluttony. I've got all of these things. I've got all of these things going on in our body. And when we get saved and we read a scripture like we need to put to death the sinful deeds of the body, the first thing we think of is we just need to stop doing this. We need to stop doing that. We need to, we need to get, a, get rid of this person in our life. We need to get rid of this thing in our life. And... We start, taking that, we start taking out these things, and one by one, we, we try to take all of these things. Man, most of us would not be able to accomplish taking out all of these things, right? But maybe some with an extra strong self-will can take out all of these things. And, 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 and all these ping pong balls will, will just act like they're all out of here. And, and here's the deal. All of these sinful deeds are out of our body 
but it leaves us empty. We might have gotten rid of this and got rid of that behavior, got rid of this thing, but it leaves us empty. But here's what Paul is teaching us to do. We need to, be, we need to position ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. We need to position ourselves to, 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 uh, uh, to cooperate with the activity of the Spirit in our lives. And, and, and let's imagine the Holy Spirit is this water here. And as we fill, please work, and as we fill this thing, 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 look, they're coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. And, and if I kept pouring, it would come out, but man, it's going to get wet. And as we fill our lives with the Spirit of God, as we submit to the Word of God, as we submit to the work of the Spirit, as we allow the, the living water to come inside of us, inevitably the sin in our lives will flee and will leave. But once it leaves, once it leaves, once we get the sinful deeds out of our body, we're not empty. We've got the living water. 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 We've got the living water, right? And so we need to, instead of just trying to just get rid of the stuff in our lives, instead, we need to submit and fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. We need to position ourselves to be filled by His Word and by His truth and by His goodness. And here's the deal. And this part of the illustration, I ripped the whole illustration from someone else. I'm using it to illustrate something different. But then, when the sinful deeds try to come back, Mm. Mm. Oh, this is good. They can't go down there. It can only stay at the surface. Amen, amen, amen. It can only stay at the top. And so as we continue to fill, I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with the living water. I want to be filled with the peace and the goodness and joy and faithfulness. I want to be filled with, with, with the pure love of Jesus. I, I, I don't want to be empty. I don't want to follow a bunch of rules, but at the end of the day, I'm empty. You know a lot of believers that they follow a lot of rules, but man, they're empty on the inside. It's because they've been removing things from their lives, but they haven't been filling themselves with anything. I want us to be filled. I want us to be filled. That's what the sanctifying work of the Spirit does in our lives when we yield and when we cooperate. Yield and cooperate. Yield and cooperate. Yield and cooperate. And let me tell you something, it's not easy. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. But it is worth it. Being filled with His goodness, being filled with His grace, being filled with His life, being filled with His love, it is totally, totally worth it. And this is how we put to death the sinful deeds of the body. Amen? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes in this place?